born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Look there in Acts chapter 8, chapter 8. Look what he says in verse 4. Look in verse 4. In verse 4 says, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere, and you ought to underline this, preaching the word. And this is not, now the disciples and so forth, they, they were still there. They, they hadn't get left yet. But look what he says up there in verse, uh, I want you to see the last part of verse 1, where it says, And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, get this, except the apostles. So that means whoever these people were, it had to be the ones that were reached by the apostles, because now it's other people that are leaving. And this is only within a few years after Christ had died. So you're talking about young believers, their whole lives being uprooted and scattered. And the Bible says they went everywhere preaching the word. And then you have the apostle Paul who gets saved. But remember the story of the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip? How that he had a great revival going on there in chapter 8. And then next thing you know, uh, he joins himself to this chariot. And he says, understandest thou what thou readest? And he says, how can I except some man should guide me? Unless somebody guide me. There's reasons why these verses are in the scriptures so that you and I would always remember somebody needs me. Somebody needs me. Somebody needs me to help guide them. See, you can't save them, but you can guide them in the truth. And and all he did was, this is Jesus. He said, who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. And to help people to understand the scriptures. It's so good and it's so simple. It's such a... Such a blessing. Then in chapter 9, so you have the apostle Paul and how he trusts Christ as his Savior. But see, that experience on the road to Damascus, it's another soul winning experience. Because God saved this man. Look how many other people were now reached. But not only was there great persecution because of Stephen, now the apostle Paul was also greatly hated and nobody wanted anything to do with him. The disciples didn't really trust him because they knew what he had done. So at the beginning of his ministry, it wasn't a piece of cake for him. 
I mean, if he'd have been in Florida and they had taken a poll, like I think we've had a few polls taken lately, he would have probably been down on the bottom of the list. And yet, God had plans for him. But did you know it was about seven years, six or seven years later, that opportunities began to open up for the Apostle Paul? Did you know that after he had been rejected and he'd spent some time on the backside of the Arabian desert and God dealing with him and teaching him some things and then when he finally goes to Jerusalem, they don't want anything to do with him. Barnabas has to try to get the people to accept him. Why? Because they, he had a testimony. He persecuted the Christians. He has to overcome that. Have you ever heard some of these politicians that are running and they, they remind them of every word they've ever said? They've got videos of 15, 20, 30 years ago where they, they, they blew their nose or where they uh, picked their, uh, their nose or they, uh, they, they blinked their eyes or they, uh, they sneezed. or It doesn't matter. Whatever they've done, it's almost like the Bible. And God says, every idle word, every idle word. And some of those politicians sure wish they could go back and change what they've said and done. And it's out there. Well, what Paul had done was out there. And he had already had a testimony, a reputation. And people were scared. They couldn't trust this guy. And yet, Paul was a, a great individual. Because God used him to write the scriptures. But you see, he had gone back to Tarsus where he was born. And Tarsus is in the Gulf of the Mediterranean, way up high, way up here. And then, of course, down through here, you have Antioch. And then you have Caesarea Philippi. And then you go on down the coast and so forth with Joppa and all these places. And so they had already done got the gospel to Cyprus, which is an island out there in the Mediterranean. And the Phoenicians, which was also way up high here. And so there were the Jews that had been scattered out, and they called them the Grecians. But the Grecians were... Well, they were Jews, but they weren't living in Jerusalem or born in Jerusalem. But like the Apostle Paul, he was a, a Jew, but he was a Roman citizen. And not everybody was a Roman citizen, but he was. So take your Bible now and turn there to the, the book of Acts. In chapter 11. And look there in verse 19. In verse 19 of the book of Acts. In chapter 11. Now they which were scattered abroad. Upon the persecution that arose about Stephen. Traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch. Preaching the word to none but unto the. And you ought to underline that. Jews only. Jews only. Because, see, they didn't know about Cornelius yet. The, the word hadn't got out. Hey, the Gentiles can be saved too. But everybody went everywhere, and all they reached was the Jews. It's kind of like us. Let's say, for example, if I was a black man, and the Lord says, Yankee, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And in my mind, I'm thinking, only to the black man, only to the black man. Or if I was an Indian, only to the Indians, only to the Indians. Or if I was a white, only to the white, only to the white. But God's Word says the whole world. I have been into slums. I've been in Indian reservations. 
I've seen poor folks. I've been down into Mexico. I've been into India. I've been into Egypt. I've seen all these poor people. I'm so glad that God gave to us a message for everybody. Everybody. Anybody. And that's why we should know that and believe that because it's the most important thing. And even the people who treat you wrong, mean and ugly and dirty, you're supposed to remember this. Christ died for that person. The Lord loves that person. Now you may want to just send them to meet the maker early, but God wants you to reach that person because he loves that person. You say, well, you don't know how that person treated me. God doesn't care how he treated you. God wants you to treat him in a way God wants you to reach him for him. God wants you to go out of your way for him. God wants you to sacrifice what for him. Why you do all of it? Well, for him. But see, if you don't love him, it doesn't matter what you do. That's why Christ asked Peter, he says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? That's the answer. But you'll notice what he says here. Because of Stephen, the persecution began. And you've seen that in chapter 8. But remember, in the first part of the book, it's divided where Jerusalem is the center. And now they're reaching only the Jews, and it's in Judea, Samaria, but not the uttermost parts of the earth yet. So God had to do a work in the life of Peter and also the apostle Paul to reach the Gentiles. But look what he says here in verse 20. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, that's the Jewish believers, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed. You ought to underline that. A great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch. So now the word has gotten back to Jerusalem. Hey, there's people all out in these other places that have heard the word and have believed on Christ. And so now they're sending out the guy named Barnabas, who was an exhorter, somebody who could come alongside and comfort. And God had used him before with Saul. And now they want to send him over there to Antioch. So you see there in verse 23, who, when he came, had seen the grace of God. How do you see the grace of God? It's supposed to be invisible. Well, how can it be invisible? You see, when you look at me, and the way I used to be, and the way I am now, I can show you the grace of God. You don't know what I was like. I think I'm a lot better now. But after 51 years, my life has been because of the grace of God. The grace of God should not have been bestowed upon you in vain, like Paul says in the book of Corinthians, chapter 15. But you see, the way you live demonstrates the grace of God. We are God's trophies of grace. 
When we accept Christ as our Savior, every one of us are little trophies of God's grace. Look what the grace of God hath done. And of course, if we can get individuals to not only trust Christ as Savior, but to serve the Lord, then you can see the grace of God working in their life. So he says, who when he came had seen the grace of God was glad. Well, because he saw the people. He saw those individuals that had trusted Christ as their Savior. And he says, he was glad, exhorted them all, part of his name, that with purpose of heart they should cleave or would cleave unto the Lord. But where it has that word cleave? Have you ever heard that word cleave before? A man and woman should leave father and mother and cleave unto each other. You ever heard anything like that? When he's talking about here, you should live in such a way as a child of God, cleave unto the Lord. In other words, you have like forsaken the world and anything the world may have to offer because you're so sold on what God wants you to have and to be and to do that you cleave unto the purpose of God. That's why he says here, the purpose of heart. They would cleave unto the Lord. In verse 24, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit. Full means he was just an individual, as he talked about being filled with the Spirit. It means to be totally controlled by the Lord. God, I should say, had control of the life of Barnabas. And Barnabas was a good individual to come alongside and help these brethren in the Lord. These that had been won to Christ. See, it's one thing to win a person to the Lord. But God needs people to come alongside and help and encourage them. For example, I'm one person in the church. You're one person in the church. I can't do everything. You can't do everything. But there may be people that come to this church and they need a friend. They need a buddy. Did you know I've had a lot of people really comment about, boy, this church is so friendly. Why? Because we have a meet and greet. It's because people are friendly. But don't let it be that you only are friendly during that meet and greet time and you have now served your, you know, I did my job. So after the service, you can just bullet out of here, speak to nobody, run them over in the parking lot. It don't matter. And when they get in the line to eat, it doesn't matter. Push it back to the back of the line. You were here first anyway. This is your church, and that's your food. Or you can come alongside and be extra friendly. Don't always just be with the same group. The same, in other words, your little clique. Have you noticed that whenever I go in there, most times I don't even get my food until almost everybody's through? You know what I'm usually doing? I'm walking up and down the line. Or haven't you ever noticed? I'm talking to people. Hi, how you doing? So, and then after a while, I'm like, no, I'm starved. <laughs> and I'll go get in line, get me something, or sometimes Betty will get me some food. But because we're we want to meet with the people. And I like to just just to, just to stand there, just to be friendly. 
You say, well, I'm not like that. I'm not either. I have to make myself do it. You've got to get out of your shell. You see, you don't, you don't do these things for you. It's for other people. I want you to be the friendliest people in town. Not only doing meet and greet, but all the time. And to come alongside other individuals and see if you can help them in any way. Did, uh, did you understand what the pastor said this morning? Do you have any questions, anything I can help you with? Can I ask you, where, where, where are you from? How long have you been coming here? Ten years, huh? I met people that's never met other people in this church. I met some that comes on Sunday nights, but never came on Sunday morning. And I meet a lot of people on Sunday morning that never come on Sunday night or Wednesday night. And I put them together, and they didn't know that the other one had always been coming to the church. And they've been coming to the same church for 10 years. But they never knew each other. You need to try to meet people and be like a Barnabas. Do you know when Barnabas went and did this? It, it didn't say that God said me to go get the Apostle Paul. But, you know, he went looking for him. It's like I need some help. And I don't know what Paul is doing in his life right now, but I want to make sure that he stays in the ministry. Well, look what he says there in verse 25. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus. And you ought to underline those words, for to seek Saul. He, will, he went looking for the man. Because, you see, he had to get out of town over a wall in a basket and hadn't seen him for a few years. And so he, he went looking for him. Aren't, aren't you glad he found him? And then it says in verse 26, And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church, taught much people, and you ought to underline this, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So he went and he found the apostle Paul, and he got him involved in the church. You see, this it's one thing to win a person to the Lord. It's another thing to get him involved. To get them to caring about other people and to doing something. I don't know what went through the mind of, you know, Saul when he was so rejected because of, uh, you know, what his past was. And because of the people there in Jerusalem. Barnabas had won him over for a little bit. And he went in and out for a while. And uh, not everything always works out. And sometimes you have to be put on the backside of a desert. Now, when you read the book of Galatians in chapter 1, it says that he did just that, and he spent special time between him and the Lord. But you should always be looking for people that you can help and encourage. Everybody has a rough time to stand on top. And everybody has to be motivated a little bit. But look what he says here in verse 27. And in those days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the Spirit that there should be a great dearth throughout all the earth which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Now he was a emperor of Rome later. He had a physical disability at first and nobody thought much about him. But anyway, in verse 29, and you ought to underline this, then the disciples 
Every man, according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So, I don't know how they felt about Saul all the time, but whenever he shows up with some money for them, I bet they liked that. It might have helped them to ease the pain. God uses all kinds of people. And the Lord is looking for a way to use you and to use me. And he opens up doors for us. And sometimes we take advantage of them, and sometimes we don't because we don't even sometimes know that was an opportunity. I was talking to James the other day, and it seems like sometimes God just brings people, you know, our way at just the right time and all that, you know. And it's not just a coincidence. I, I, I don't believe that. But one of the things that bothers me the most is realizing how many of those opportunities I don't take advantage of. I can talk about some of the ones that I do, and most of them I forget about. But we don't reach all the ones that we should. I don't know of anybody that does. I know that whenever Paul really got on the ball, he says, I have not shunned to declare all the counsel of God. He says, I am free from the blood of all men. He must have been somebody. But because somebody else came alongside and encouraged the great apostle Paul, and he became a great man. You see, I made a statement years ago. I may not shake the world, but I would like to shake the man that does. You may not be somebody great, but you might encourage somebody who will do wonderful things for God. And it might be some little kid that you'll work with, some person that comes to Reformers Unanimous, or somebody that comes to Ranch, or some little kid in Sunday school, or Awana, or somebody that comes into this church and sits down there and listens, you know. You never know what God's going to do with that person. So, hope that'll help you a little bit. Look in verse 30 as we close. Which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. And they became great missionaries together. They really did. Chapter 13, when we get to it, is a, a great missionary story. And there was about three of these missionary ventures that they went on. So now, see, the last half of the book, it deals mainly not with Jerusalem, though Jerusalem still stayed a very powerful you know, powerhouse. But now it's the church there in Antioch that's helping the brethren and so forth in the other area. And you have the Apostle Paul. And so they're going to begin now to go to the Gentiles. So it was the first part, Peter, the Jews. Now it's going to be Paul and the Gentiles. And so there becomes a division here in the book, the great divide. And so that's why as you read this, the things that happens to the Apostle Paul, he got in trouble Reading about the Apostle Paul is like watching um, Indiana Jones. He was in one fix after another. What an exciting life. You stop and think how many times he said, I was stoned. How many times was in the deep? People trying to kill him. Forty people that took vows not to you know, sleep until he's dead. Indiana Jones was peanuts compared to this guy. And you read that whole list there in the book of Corinthians, chapter 11, it'll blow your mind. All the things that happened to the Apostle Paul. And he didn't live that long. I'm not convinced he lived longer than I've already lived. 
Who am I to have gotten so much time to live? Do you realize that when Jesus Christ was here, it, he only lived about 33 and a half years. I've already lived upon this earth twice as long as the Son of God. Do I deserve more time? <sighs> We're going to have to give account to the Lord for what we've done with our time. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. And this wallet represents sin. The Bible says that all of us have sinned. We've all done things wrong. And the Lord says that he loves us, but he hates our sin. And to pay for sin is death and hell. The wages of sin is death. We've earned the right to die and to be separated from God. So God says to go to heaven. We have to be perfect, just as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We have all done things wrong. But God says that he loves us. And he doesn't want us to have to pay for our sins. And he says our good works won't pay for the sin. Giving money won't pay for sin. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. Hates what we do wrong because our sin separates us from him. Jesus Christ took all the sin, paid for it on the cross, and came back from the dead. And said that if we would believe that he did it for us, he would put this payment that he made to our account. And we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. There's no tricks to it, no gimmicks to it. Best news in all the world. I hope that you've accepted Christ as your Savior. I was um, talking to a guy today on the telephone. And he, from up somewhere in Tennessee, right north of Nashville. And um, when I talked to him on the phone, he had ordered some of the CDs on a couple of the books and uh, so forth. And he... Uh, Talked to me on the phone because Mike had got him to talk to me. And found I said, how did you find out about us? He says, I was talking to some lady at some church down here. And she um, told me about your website. And so he said, I went there and I hit some link from hers over because she had it on her website. A link to our church, our church page. And he uh, found out about our church. He says, I watch you on Sunday morning, Sunday nights, and Wednesday nights. He didn't say all the time, he said, but most of the time he does. Remember, I told you not long ago that we had somebody that was putting our radio ministry or our videos on YouTube. And I went on there one day, and lo and behold, there's 15 or 20 of my messages on YouTube. And I thought, who in the world did that? I was talking to this guy. He says, I hope you don't mind. I've been putting your messages on the YouTube. On the YouTube where people have been watching the message. And he's ordering books and CDs and things like that now. All because of a woman that hears the radio broadcast. And put a link on her thing. You see how... One thing, a link, a link, a link, a link. I think it's awesome. It's just awesome. Because you never know what's going to happen next. So God, he is good. Let's pray, shall we? Our Father, we do thank you so much.
We know you love us. You said so in your word. You don't lie. And you know everything that we go through. And Father, we know we do have people that are hurting. We do pray that you'd be with them, calm their hearts, put your arms around them, and let them know that you love them. You know what's important. We just commit our lives to you and thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you're going to do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.